0: Hello. Welcome back to Tuesdays. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. We're here to discuss Night
1: Country. Part 5. We're all in the
0: Night Country now.
1: May all old cases be forgot and never brought to light. Oh, shit, Hank Pryor's getting shot in the country where it's always
0: night. Who says you can't sing on these electronic tracks that you make? I mean, oh, come on, man. man. <laughs> this is beautiful.
1: Okay. Did I get a chuckle? I couldn't look at you guys while I was doing Yeah, it was, it. Yeah, it was great. I just had, I just had to <laughs> it was do great. it.
0: great. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Part, part, part five. Uh, and you might have heard some some excess giggling. We have a very special guest joining us, Detective Tuig.
2: Hey, how's it going? Good to be we, with You, you.
1: gotta get you gotta give us your best Tuesday's voice before you before you actually start talking.
2: Hey, good to be with you guys. There we go. There <laughs> we go.
1: That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, we finally have we finally have a guest, man. We've we've thrown it out on social media if anybody wants to join us and and finally he's here. We uh this was years ago, but we have a a failed a failed attempt at a uh I believe an Armageddon oh slash God. uh still
2: one of my my in my opinion, the best Michael Bay movie
1: of all time. Oh it's <laughs> it, it's up there. It's up there. But yeah, we have a we have a botched attempt at recording an episode on that that I think meanders in like a bunch of different directions and yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this will be your official, official debut on the network. Uh, we've talked a lot about Trudy, uh, all of the seasons off mic, Uh, but yeah, never, I don't think you've ever discussed it with Gavin. Uh, so this will be fun. This will be very fun. And we're diving in late in the season. So obviously, um, I think maybe a good place to start before we dive into any of this. Uh, what's your, what's your overall, how, how you feeling? How you been feeling? How are you feeling <laughs> currently, et cetera, so, et cetera.
2: Yeah, I'll, so I'll just tell Gavin. I was just telling Noah that I was. Um, so I've been re- remodeling a bathroom in the house because I'm I'm not working at the moment. We're we're waiting for waiting to start another job here in a little bit. But so I've been burning through uh, your guys's podcast episodes, and um, and it's funny because with a conversation I had with Noah, it's like uh i felt like up through episode four i was like dude i need a little bit more to chew on so that i can kind of make a you know jump to conclusions or or something you know i felt like there just wasn't enough out there and uh so it's funny it was funny listening to you guys because i was like i never would have thought about it that way or i would never would have made that that you know thought like gavin's drawing it you know basically connections to novels that he's read <laughs> so, like, I'm, not, right, yeah. I'm like dude i don't even fucking know where i'm going right like with this. <laughs> I sure as shit didn't think it was um, Hank Pryor. And and the only, I guess the only, the reason I say that is because he just, he kind of seems sinister. And then my thought is more of like, so when Noah was talking about Havoc, um, I think recently, uh, mm-hmm. I was like, now that would make sense to me. Cause it would be out of left field and it would be like the person you least least expect you know like you guys talk oh, a lot about oh
1: well I, I i still got some notes i still got some notes even after even after this <laughs> yeah, episode yeah. but continue continue
2: so so i mean i guess the short answer is like i have no idea and this is the first season of true detective where i really like felt completely in the dark and until and it's episode five i was like you know she's gotta she's gotta start giving us something you know soon and then see episode five happens and i'm like oh my god this is so good <laughs> you know
1: yeah. Uh, so I I didn't share this with either of you, but I watched it, obviously, like probably about two hours after each of you did, because I got text and I appreciate both of you because you neither one of you spoiled anything. But Evans was just, oh, my God, that was that so it <laughs> was a total banger. And then Gavin's was just bruh in all, you know, in all caps. Uh, so I I was going into it. With like pretty high expectations of like, all right, so it seems like shit's getting crazy. And it it definitely delivered on like on pretty much all fronts. And I'm still kind of amazed that like got to the end of this episode. And I'm still to your point, Evan. I'm still like. Are we going to find out what happened to these motherfuckers in the ice? Or <laughs> <That's not? laughs> yes or no, because I think it's on the table at this point that it's like maybe maybe not. Maybe we're just like we're exploring the old case, but maybe she's gonna wrap it in, in a perfect bow and it's also gonna be tied in with the the un like fully, you know, at this point not fully formed backstory of Danvers and we're gonna get clarity on everything and it's gonna it's gonna all make sense. But it just I don't know. I don't know. But what an episode. Uh I have my detective notes as our as our guidepost, but uh top of the episode just overall thoughts, Gav, because Obviously, you were freaking out about it, too. We all had a very, very good time with this
0: one. Um, Yeah, it was basically... I don't want to say it was everything I didn't know I needed in it, but I've been waiting. I think I appreciate the subversion because we had talked earlier on about, like, are we going to get a big set piece, like a big action piece? Because everyone, for better or worse, one, two, and three, they all have a... A, with the exception of two, they have a thing that happens in a certain way, that like maybe gets talked about about differently. I feel like she wraps, she wraps the whole like something went down, and there's an official version, and then there's the true story, that is wrapped in one in season one. It's like that's the big action set piece. I feel like I know, right. I know there's the whole one and whatnot beforehand, but like that to me is the big. Like the big revelation the big thing that like changed everything because that the gunfight wrap up in season two where it's like oh the case is done and we jump forward in time that's an action set piece that ends there and then of course we have the uh, uh what is his name he has to put him woodard. down the woodard yeah he has to put him down like you know i gotta three. make you do this to me thing in three so i was like waiting for that some carry his water dude yeah exactly <laughs> And there wasn't one, and I'm like, yeah, there. What? Why would there be? Every, I mean, it's like, it's in weirdly. It's this weird statement of like, yeah, in a place we're on the edge of civilization, where I would imagine most people have a gun for survival purposes, they aren't all killing each other. There isn't this giant shootout because they're responsible gun owners. You know what I mean? So it's like this weird like. Well, so except, like...
1: except for the the good old boys that we never saw what actually went down but there was some <laughs> random shooting when they were out looking for clark and we just see the aftermath in the hospital of like something happened something went wrong right. out there but Dude, we don't the best
2: know li- best line of the episode was he said prior your dad only seems like an idiot <laughs> so yeah it's, it's yeah,
1: totally. yeah that's perfect okay uh we open with navarro uh collecting the ashes that was you know very affecting coming off of the previous episode and the moment with her and danvers where it's just like you want to talk about it it's like no no uh yeah so coming off of last episode it was like all right we didn't get a lot of out of otis heist like are they gonna talk to that guy like what happened at the end of that episode and we open up here on new year's eve so like some time has passed yeah and he he, in fact, has like a lot to say, but also nothing to say at the same time. <laughs> right. where like it's 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 the show in a nutshell, which is like he gave us a little taste, but like, I don't know, Sp- speaking of a taste, the second that Jodie Foster is like, he gets you heroin. I was like, she's definitely getting him heroin, <laughs> she is one hundred percent going in the evidence locker before this episode is over.
2: If we've learned anything from the show, I don't think she has a ton of morals. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. No, not at all.
1: Oh God. Uh, so uh, yeah, we, the whole, what happened in 98? Maybe that's going to give us some context clues, whatever. Really, we get nothing. He says there was a cave in of some sort. And then it sounds like the crazy stuff with like, i i heard a wild sound or something there was something there and then i don't know i blacked out i woke up my ears were fucked up my my eyes etc and so it's like again it's some it, it seems like this recurring thing but we still we don't know like we what don't know what, we did, have what did we get no from that and yeah. of course he was going to be their guide out and you know so, unfortunately he's not going to be making that <laughs> trek so uh yeah r.i.p to the the german national otis the german national <laughs> heroin addict uh you know he died as he lived uh <laughs> yeah, briefly i don't know strung out and like oh, yeah. losing his shit? i don't know
2: the, yeah dude the um i think there was a moment though in the episode where i was like I think I said, I was like watching it alone. I think I might've been watching it alone. And I said, fucking finally out loud when, <laughs> Pryor, when Pryor, Pryor is sitting in the car with um, what's her name from the mining company? Uh, McKittrick. Yeah, yeah. McKittrick. Thanks. Yeah. Kate McKittrick. Yeah. And they're having the discussion. And I was like, here we fucking go. I was like, finally, so, you know, like we're getting, we're getting some details.
1: And, and to that point, like kind of a, kind of a scene we've never really seen in true detective yeah where you kind of see like the bad guys plotting if you will
2: the conspiracy actually happening yeah, in real right
1: i guess other than you know the very the opening of the finale of season one when we hard cut over to like hey you want to know what this guy's like day-to-day life is like
2: <laughs> making flowers dude <laughs> making a <laughs> fucking flower uh
1: yeah imitating uh Old fucking movies from the fifties, like developing alternate personalities, whatever the fuck's going on out there. I again, I could have spent like twenty more minutes in whatever that was, but I was that was some weird shit. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, I'm like, we never really get to see behind the curtains or any plotting and everything. Where okay, after the whole they call in Danvers and they shut her down. They're like, hey. We we got you on tape, and she tries to spring her. Well, excuse me. Let 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 us backtrack just a bit. The bit I mean, the the big arc of this episode, and kind of maybe like a huge chunk of this season. Peter Pryor is the true yeah. detective. Oh, like, dude. he <laughs> is one hundred percent the true detective. So he, we open with like, hey. So I, I dug a little deeper. Tuttle is connected to, is it Norbank or North Bank? Did we Yeah, Norbank. Yeah. N- a company in China, uh, right? Like, Securities, yes. yeah. Like, basically seemed like it was a shell company or like, a, a, what do you call it? Uh, the word escapes me. Um, yeah, you're right, a shell company. But in, a front. Yeah. But essentially, it's all connected. They're also funding uh, the Silver Sky Mining. So as Danvers points out, this would mean that essentially they're cooking the books on their pollution because they have this supposedly third-party entity verifying their numbers, but they actually own a controlling interest in said entity. So the sprawl is real. Like, it's not just, I kind of like this because it's like anybody who's like, oh, they're, like, upscaling the Tuttle family, like, all of a sudden it's this huge thing or whatever. I'm like, it's the idea that, like, no, it's, like, it's multiple rich families that, like, it's not just one, like, it isolated entity. Like, yeah, it's a bunch of, like, you know, rich people in the power structure somewhere. In,
2: insert name here kind of thing. It's, like, yeah. it doesn't really matter what it, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> but, of course, you know, the sub... The, the, we it was kind of like hiding in plain sight the whole time. Not that we didn't know she we should kind of like suspect her as villainous, but in a very female heavy season to of course have Kate McKitry be the like <laughs> kind of big bad seemingly at this point. I'm not saying she killed Annie Kay, but like, you know, with her own hands, but she definitely was the person who okayed it. Like we, we kind of were at least making that assumption. And so yeah, that's uh That's an interesting wrinkle to throw in there. Uh, My
2: question, my my question, I guess, would be if if that's the case, like, what would make one protester important enough to be killed, right? Like, because clearly, the operation's way bigger than just one individual protester. It's got. I
1: mean, it's got to be whatever she found in that ice cave, like whatever's down there. Like, (laughs) that's that's whatever happened down there is why she's gone. And then it was like a to me, it was a you know. A moment of chance essentially or oper- a, a moment of opportunity where they're like Wait, have- oh we can double up and like make this look like the mine you know this is retaliation nobody will fuck with what if, the mine anymore Yeah, you know, what if annie's
2: relationship with um what's his name from soul i forget Can always read his name uh clark clark, clark. annie's relationship with clark basically brings him over to her side and then now that he knows what they're doing that's like nefarious or whatever mm-hmm. he basically she he, she basically wins him over now he gives her that information They he can she can expose the company essentially or whatever because you guys you guys called it from the beginning <laughs> I was, was you're like uh you're like what if these fucking dudes did something like bad right like what if they just were like, yeah. in some way? yeah
1: and i think that's also why partly we're not dwelling on them as much in terms of like oh my god the tragedy like we talk about it in all of these series but like twin peaks the killing like whatever it's it's like you want to immediately inject stakes it's terrible but you murder a young woman like that's what you do mm-hmm. and it's like to have it be oh these eight like scientists oh, man. in their yeah. like you know 30s to 50s like are we really like emotionally invested in like we have to have justice for these, these, you know, I, I just kept coming around. I'm just like, nah, I feel like their ultimate reveal again. And it being such a female dominant season is just like, no, they did something bad. Like whether it was all of them or one of the, you know, I don't, I don't know. Or maybe they did just straight up unleash, you know, an ancient God, bro, from the ice. And yeah, it's dude. a creature. And that's that skeletal thing that's in the ice cave and it's definitely you know some lovecraftian shit how long is the last <laughs> you guys know how long is the last episode you said yeah, oh, yeah. if it's I not would... if it's if it's an hour or less like i wonder how you tie up all these <laughs> like, i feel like it's like easily hour 15 i will say i there's some little detail touches here that made me feel even more confident that i was like oh maybe she's she's already kind of set up these these dominoes and i just haven't quite noticed them but just little things where it's like uh later on where uh naboro's like well fuck it if you're not gonna do anything i'm gonna go get otis and she's like well th- they won't let you in because of like what you did at the lighthouse you know in the previous right. episode where she blew up and just little things like that where i'm like okay like that was a scene that worked like emotionally within that episode but does have like a cause and effect Arnuity, even yeah. even if just a even if just a, like hey we're covering the plot holes of like hey logically why doesn't she just go do this or why doesn't this happen this way it seems like she's like kind of smartly covering her ass in s- some ways like that where i'm kind of like maybe those threads are already there and we just got to see them get pulled i want to ask you about something real quick we talked about him earlier And you texted me about comic, okay? Because I I had all this speculation about the stone in the previous episode, and you were like, well, we know what happened with that. And it's like, he brings in a guy, talks about the night country, blah, blah, blah. But again, this is like six days later? Like, what was he
2: doing sitting on that info? Like, anybody,
1: like, what, it took him six days to go find this dude to get that piece of info? And then I also, as soon as,
0: Got it. It's it's also Christmas, okay? It's also Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. You got you got to remember. Maybe not everybody who knows about these ancient stones that are older than the ice that are left for you okay. know markers, so that the ice is too thin, you might fall I, in this cave. I got. I got. may not call, be in town. There may I be somewhere gotta,
1: else. I got a call. This was this was a little bit of a. Are we intentionally just like miss you know forest for the trees here in Navarro, when Kavik says, hey? these spirals are a marker for places where the ice is like thin, where you can like find tunnels or where you might fall through they found this in oliver Tagok's cabin like with a giant spiral in the floor and like and the stone there and then they're like oh Mm -hmm. where are we supposed to go to like get into this ice cave system i'm like are you not supposed to go back to that encampment and go right below where he where he left? That's it? what I said. That's what I said last week. Exactly, I was like, Dude, it's Gavin. Right there. I was like, you said that last week. I was like, are they supposed to go? And she's like, she's like, no, we gotta find the highest point. And I was just like, wait, are we ultimately just gonna double back there? But spoilers, it looks like we're headed back to Salal because in the in the next time on for the finale. It looks like we're definitely back in the interior of Sol. You know, for, oh, yeah. for some
2: for someone who says ask the question uh, a lot, like <laughs> did she did she did she ask the question of where did you find the rock? Because that, that would have been like I don't remember. I just honestly don't remember <clears throat> if she if she like she says like hey where did you find this specifically? But well, I think they might have said within like, his cabin. But
1: yeah, that again is what's so odd to me because there's the moment of like oh I don't have it on me. And then when Kavik shows back up with it and hands it over to her, I'm like, are you also reacting to the fact of like, hey, dude, I didn't know you took this. You right. didn't say like, hey, I got to disappear for six days to go find this guy because the symbol meant something to me. When you initially yeah. looked at it, you were like, what's that? I don't know. Do either of you go back and and so when, uh, I, did when no, I did not rewatch for I did not. I didn't. Four.
2: So I didn't. That's the one episode I think I haven't rewatched. Um, Gavin, do, do you know, does,
0: does she hand him the stone? Does she just lose it? Or like, what's the... When she's beat up she like, she has it and she's all beat up and he just like low-key, out of frame like, picks it up. As um, like, a, I'm, you know, you don't want to leave this here, downstairs come upstairs and I'll patch you up kind of thing. Okay. So it's not like it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't read to me like he was like actively trying to take it. But when you find out that, oh, she doesn't have it, that was the only thing for me last episode. I was like, well, yeah, like you you pulled it out at the dude's house. Like, it's obviously there. Just go back and get it. Like, why would you leave the next day without it? You know what I mean? Like, you'd wake up in that place and be like, oh, where's that rock that I found at this guy's hut? so yeah, yeah
1: also like
2: a critical piece of evidence that we have right. no yeah. chain of custody whatsoever like <laughs> <back>.
1: <laughs> right so in that scene where kovic brings it back to her they're in the uh the laundromat right right we see one other character who has reoccurred a couple of times and it's the redhead from the first episode who i believe was like getting beat on at the it's like the opening scene with navarro Oh, yeah. She, the, she works at, at the, the meatpacking
0: meal or whatever. Yeah. The, the crab, crab place, I think. Uh, yeah. it's Blue her King boyfriend that Navarro, yeah. Yeah. Navarro got in a fight with her boyfriend that got her all fucked up in the first I place. I just, she,
1: she reoccurred in that scene, if I'm not mistaken. Like, she, yeah. she's the only other person who enters like the laundromat within that scene. I only yeah. point it out because I'm like, when we inept, like, At the very least, we gotta find out who killed Andy Kay in this next episode. And I'm like, series history would dictate it's somebody we've at least seen on screen or has been like referenced heavily. And so I'm trying to like narrow our suspect
0: list. I don't think anybody because we again we have you okay. Something happened in that cave. Salal and the mine own that cave. Who does she call? old boy who thinks he's going to be deputy that that was told, like, you do this, you do that, you'll be deputy. She calls him back then, because they can't have a body like that be found on their property because they look like they did something. But instead, if it's moved, we can talk about that revelation later, but if it's moved, then they're off the hook. It doesn't look like it's anything nefarious. They don't, even they don't know what happened to it. Nobody really knows what happened. It was this thing. Thank this you, You know, I don't think she was actually killed by any one person. I think something happened to her in that cave on that video. Do you think
1: whatever happened to her also happened to any of those men in 98 or any of these scientists? Do you think it's all one thing?
0: um yeah dude i think she's. i think i think she's yeah she's gonna do a total um bob is the evil that men do thing and it's just gonna be this entity this wendigo this bad spirit whatever it is that's like you know when times are really bad and shit's really going I think they don't mention it but i bet you if there's some kind of context you if we go back and watch everything meticulously the times that these things have happened there's probably something um I don't want to say extemporaneous, I don't know the right word to use, but, like, something else is going on with that area. So, like, right now, all this shit's happening. Why? The mine, the water. It's all messing people up. We have tons of stillborns, right? So when something's wrong in this town, this area, this spirit, this entity, this thing, you know, that everyone knows about, everybody talks about, that's before time it's and like,
1: all that. like Mother Nature correcting right. itself. Or exactly. Trying, right? Okay. So
0: I'm willing to bet, if you look back, 98 there was probably something going on then. And when any case killed, probably something, I mean, it's probably the initial start of all the stuff with the mine, all the stuff with Salal. It's around that same time. So it's like when there's an event, uh, I don't want to say like an apocalyptic event, but there's something that threatens the balance, uh, say, of nature. And again, we saw that all the caribou running off as night was falling. So, again, yeah. something's wrong with this area, this town, this space spot on the map, whatever you want to call it. Something's wrong here. And this thing, you know, it's, again, it's older than time. People know about it. They can't exactly put their, their finger on it. There's enough people from the old world that know, hey, you know, it sees you, it follows you, it grabs you, it makes you do something. There's enough people like Annie Kay who know, I see it in a dream, it's bad, whatever. I get a tattoo of it on me and the dream stops. I'm done. I beat it. It's not going to bother me anymore. So, it's it's just all connected in that like ethereal, just, you know, whatever that it's it's that does, again, tie it into other things that we've talked about that she's been inspired by. Uh, you know, from from not just the first season, but other outside sources that I know she's probably yeah. somewhere she's mentioned like, oh, I was inspired by this and that. And then you've mentioned Twin Peaks and there's other things like that. It's just it's not it's more than just what's going on with these people at this time it does incorporate like the town or the place as well.
2: Okay. So yeah I really oh I really like that. The only thing <clears throat> the only thing that I that I think I don't know if it's like her way of basically saying like showing her hand and saying like hey it's not that the fact that um it seems like whatever the the political powers in is it Fairbanks is the closest place. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That that they're the ones trying to write it off as a a weather, as like a weather phenomena, like that Mm -hmm. there's the reason that this whole thing went down. Is that like, is that like, is that like her way of, in her writing, basically pointing to like, hey, someone is actually going to be individually culpable for this or some group of people, you know, other than just like, you know, but what Gavin said thematically could probably be the truth, right? Like that's probably like one of the major points of, you know, what's happening right now. But Mm-hmm. Um, yeah
1: no i think i think we will have some sort of like tangible like actual explanation for what happened and why she was dealt with the way she was for annie k I, I still i don't know what exactly these scientists did but i will be very because like, there's I'm, not a payoff
2: I'm, okay. I'm like i'm not i'm just gonna say something like obvious and and maybe i'm just it's gonna be a little stupid but like like you know 35 you No, know, probably more like in their 40s or 50 year old scientists who have dedicated their life to looking at stuff in the ice like how violent are their
1: tendencies really I mean, right I think it, that's, that's why <laughs> I, I don't think they like i don't think they like quote unquote did anything but what they're like what they might be doing or what again some of them might be doing because i i think there's this idea of like maybe not everybody knows what goes on there Maybe there's like certain, you know, certain people have special access that others don't, kind of thing. I think there's probably hidden chambers. I think there's hatches. Like there could be weird, um, weird. Would
2: would you say like basically sins sins of omission are as bad as commission? Essentially, like like hey, I didn't actively do something bad, but the fact that I
1: actively ignored something is also really. I mean, I would say in certain cases, yes, I definitely there are those like, oh, I feel like everybody's culpable here thing. I don't know in this scenario because I don't know what the hell any what happened with any of these guys. And I, you know, the whole blackout event. Okay, let's let's get back to the episode at hand for a moment, because we got to talk about, in my opinion, maybe the most like true detective ass scene of this season. Which is John Hawks plays the guitar, yes. While we, while <laughs> we also have a, you know, a protest at the uh, at the mine. But he wrote this song for the show. He is a musician, and is you know in his spare time he has a band and shit. And uh, but just the vibe of it immediately, I was like, I mean, this could have been like the opening music for the for the season. Uh, oh, yeah, and definitely would have been leaning hard into uh, in season one and season three vibes for sure. And season two vibes for that matter, because it's basic. It's very Leonard Coheny in the. Yeah, in the that, vibes. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> is... yeah, so. We get into the protest and uh, I got we got to take a minute to shit on Leah's girlfriend. Real, oh, real oh, yeah. fair weather fan there. She was really <laughs> not down for the cause at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Dude. Bailed at the bailed at the first sign of trouble. Uh so yeah, Navarro stepping in there. That shit made me laugh. Just what the fuck, Navarro?
2: <laughs> I low I low-key, not even low-key, i really wanted to see Kelly Reese. Am I saying her night Kelly Kaylee Reese?
1: I I've heard throw a punch. I've heard it. Yeah. Di- yeah.
2: Just huge. I mean she's a she's a killer. I I wanted to see her throw some punches <laughs> and scare the shit out of some people the yep. whole season.
1: Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I love I love that turn. A little bit of the crowd of just being like, Oh shit, like, okay, she's kind of on our side. Uh so yeah, in the aftermath of that. I I I really liked and again as far as like landing the plane on some of the stuff that may feel like thus far, like, ah, did we need all of this like legwork or time that we spent on some of this stuff? Uh I really like that okay, Danvers gets shut down by McKittrick and Eccleston who again I don't know how culpable Eccleston is I'm not saying like oh he was involved in the murder but he is definitely like I'm on the political train I'm trying to get elected and like I will definitely be on the take I will totally just like but you know look look (laughs) the other way exactly that's that's more the vibe I get from him it's just yeah kind of that and Sorry, I I got lost. I got lost.
0: Hold on. They get shut shut down. You realize, you know, it's basically the two of them. Excuse me. She, yes. So she gets shut down. She And
1: Navarro comes in and is like, no, like, we're not letting this go. I love the scene of like, no, she's on you now. Like, you, you know. Yeah. You take this shit. If you're seriously saying we're done, uh, you know, very similar to the Marty Russ scene in the shed in in season one where it's like no nah, we have a debt motherfucker. <laughs> like <laughs> right come look at this videotape like no seriously uh so she's but she seemingly is like out she's like all right whatever it's it's not worth the hassle and they they make this really eloquent turn that i didn't really notice until the second time i watched this episode but it's like it's leah that gets her back into the right. case. It's that scene where she goes in, she's like, yeah, all that stuff that you guys have been like working over for the last, you know, several weeks or two weeks at this point. um, It's all still happening and like it's all still relevant now. And that's when she goes and she actually like looks at the stillborn babies and everything. And that is the moment where it's like, all right, I got to go. (laughs) I got to go to the evidence locker and got to go get that heroin and got to go get gotta go get this junkie and can i tell tell you break the rules
2: so like like in the way that you read that scene like 100 correct like it, you know you're amped you're like all right she's gonna do the thing we want her to do so we can see it happen i read a scene in that episode so incorrect it just broke my heart when it actually fucking happened it's the scene where um like prior with peter Pryor, is that right Yeah. yeah he's He's kind of like doing work. it's late at night and his dad has had the discussion already with Kate McKittrick and he's and he's coming in and he's trying to figure out where Otis Hes is, right? Mm-hmm. And so comes into the office and he's like basically trying to pry him for information. But instead, he has this like moment where he thinks about the time he saved his son's life, right? <laughs> and And he's like, all right, so and he tells this to him and there's like they have this like genuine moment where like for a second he's forgiving that his dad's such an asshole. And remembers that he is his father. You know what I mean. And he does love him. And they're having a moment, right? And then, uh, and then I think he whatever before he leaves, he says something about family's family or blood is blood or whatever he says. And and I'm like, thank God, because part of me is like, don't want Sean Hawk's attire. Right? <laughs> like I'm like, all right, so he's gonna make it out of the season unscathed, <laughs> and also, and also, and also a good guy, and also like tight with his son again, right? And that, I've read that scene so long, man. I mean, I thought he was going to do the right thing, and he just did not do the right thing. It was so... Oh,
1: dude, I was, I think I texted you. I was like, as soon as he picked up a guitar, I knew he wasn't making it out of this episode. I was just like, no, this is literally a swan song, if you will, Like, like 100%. Um, That scene, though, and kind of the whole way we've looked at Hank. And now, like, having the full scope of it and that arc, yeah, it's like, I kind of, it's not, it's not the same, but, like, he's a, he's a Scoot, like, figure to me at this point. Scoot from season three, where it's just, like, just kind of this tragic, like, you know, somebody in the collateral damage of all of this stuff, um, where it's, like, you can see where it's just, like, it's kind, kind of a loser, doesn't have a lot going for him and he's like oh well i could be chief here though that could be cool i guess i'll do whatever it takes (laughs) right (laughs) i guess i'll sell my soul essentially
2: but that's that scene i felt like she was And, and she gave us the slip dude like i yeah yeah it was great Beautiful. yeah
1: and but having that and where he's just like you know i'm i'm not a killer and at that point we don't have the whole like i just moved her body thing so i'm still at this point i'm like oh clearly it was hawks all along as as we've been saying here right. and uh and he killed her and that's going to be that's going to be the payoff but oh I, again we still don't know who did it so all of that the the flashback like you know we haven't had any prior prior flashbacks and so getting that just that little little nugget of him like trying to break through the ice in that story again i was like shit man like you know he cares about his kid and like all of that wrapped up in the final scene that we'll we'll get to i said yeah i'm trying to make sure i'm not like brushing over a bunch of shit yeah Mm -hmm. well i did want to talk i I did get off track of, of of pete being the true detective i want to go back real quick hawks is playing the guitar pete comes up because it's like my wife kicked me out the scene where he goes and calls his dad while sitting out on the porch is like i'll be there in five minutes <laughs> but also just like hank literally like lying like he's breathing you know he literally he's like just just got done playing the guitar he's sitting in the living room it's like Oh uh, dad, what are you doing? Oh, I was working on the car in the garage. It's like there's there's no reason to lie right there, but we just we know he's lying. You know what I mean? But that scene where he goes and sits and he's like, oh, yeah, I am about five minutes away. Uh that I don't know. That was like some great character shit. I just I don't know.
0: But where we where we ultimately well, go well, they're, you they're you they're just dynamic you, this whole season, man. You just talked, talked about, about it. Shit. about like going back to things that were so seeds that were sown and like you you can't have the end scene without that scene because that scene lets you know inherently as him like as his son he knows that dad's maybe not like a piece of shit but like he knows his dad is full of shit like anything that he tells him after that he's like okay i came by I spied on you. And you. when I asked what's up, you're like, I'm working in the car, in the garage? Yeah. And you weren't. And that's the littlest thing in the world. It doesn't matter. So anything you have to tell me about mm-hmm. the Annie Kay case, about forensics, about what you're doing, anything like that, it's all bullshit. I know yeah. you're going to lie. And then, you, you know, know, of so course, you have this, to have this that fish tails
1: off. into the ultimate revelation with the laptop with Danvers, which is – incredible scene between the two of them where all the stuff about the Wheeler case finally gets like laid out on the table. But Mm -hmm. his revelation of like, I went back through all of this, you flip the photos and like, I was just like, dude, you, you literally Danvers, you fucked up. You trained him too good. Like Mm -hmm. you made him a better detective than any of you. And now, now he's figuring out your secrets. Like you fucked up big time, girl um i also sorry one of the one of the few moments of comedy earlier in the episode where she's like i where she's initially like i i mean you come stay with me and he's like i feel like that would be a, a fast track to a divorce i moved in with you and of course by the end of the episode look where he is uh
0: and again she she says sorry about the divorce and he was like and she's like, whatever yeah that was pretty fun
1: yes well and the set again the connecting the dots of, like, yeah, it doesn't logically make sense that he would just be at Danvers' place, like, for that end sequence to play out, but it's, like, but it does make sense that he goes and stays with his dad, and then after this fallout and where she's very practically, like, hey, I I don't know how dirty your dad is, essentially, but, like, you need to come stay with me. You can't stay with your dad. Like, get the fuck out of here, basically. Um, All of that just just to get us to where he can pop up at the end uh anything else we want to like oh the whole wheel the wheeler again the revelation of the actual detective work i thought was great but yeah when he asked her like did you know he was left-handed i was like dude
2: (laughs) dude
1: dude." (laughs) but we still don't I mean, we still don't know who pulled the trigger, but I think that is essentially irrelevant at this point. I assume it's Navarro. I think initially I thought we were going to get some like weird bait and switch where it's like they want us to think that it's Navarro, but actually Danvers did it, but it
0: doesn't seem like that at all. Um, Well, that's got to be it. It's got to be Danvers because it's like, was the Wheeler thing a part of them re-looking into Annie K? Like she got there after Annie K happened, and when she got there... Danvers, Navarro asked Danvers, like, let's look into this, and so, like, they were going to, and then the Wheeler thing happened, and, like, Navarro has to be, like, that's it, that, I mean, that's what happens, it's, Danvers kills him, because she already tells you, Navarro froze, Navarro saw something, and froze there. Didn't Peter say you guys went there 15 times or something like that? Yeah, yeah. 10
1: 10 or more or something like that. Yeah, no. So the whole setup was, no, that there had been like an ongoing domestic violence thing. And yeah, as far as Navarro freezing, it's like, I. but I, again, we haven't seen fully how that scene plays out. Not that I think we need to at this point, but no, I took that more as like, she's seeing the ghost of girl who was just murdered like in that room mm-hmm. and so in my head i'm like that would be the thing that would trigger her to be like this dude's but gotta
0: go but she's never been triggered before every time we see a ghost thing she doesn't react she sits there she sits there she sat there at the christmas tree so True. this is the the ghost thing is like point. even like in the hospital she didn't do anything so the ghost is pointing at her danvers is like what are you doing what are we doing here this Wheeler guy gets up to pull on it, and Danvers, boom, takes him down. And that's the rift. That's the rift of, you know, we've been out here forever. I thought I thought you would have my back. This guy does this, you know, and, you know, you didn't make a move. So now we, we're not on the same page. How am I going to trust you to go along with my story of, hey, he got up and drew on us. we got to make this look like a suicide. If you want to make this work, you want my trust back, because I thought you'd have my back if somebody was going to draw on me. You're going to go that's, along with me and say that this thing was a suicide and he was already dead when we got there. You
1: know, that's a lot. That's a lot to Sorry. cram into to part six. I will say that. I don't yeah. think we're going to get uh, much more on, on the Wheeler case. I think this was kind of the ultimate revelation, which is all, I mean, we already knew from the first time it was introduced when she tells prior the story or her version of the story. Initially, we already knew, Oh, you guys you guys obviously off this dude and it really to me again it doesn't matter which one of the two of them did it we didn't necessarily need the answer to that i don't think it's going to be like a defining thing what we do need to know is what the fuck happened to her husband <laughs> and her son what happened to holden and i don't know what the what the husband what
2: about was. do you guys think it's it all well Maybe it's maybe it'll be important. I don't know. But like the, uh, you know, they keep going back to her moment. That is the reason I guess she has PTSD. Like, like they gloss over it so, so hard of like the scene where she's up, whatever, she's on some sort of convoy in whatever, Iraq or Afghanistan. Yes. Things blow up firefight blah blah blah, but they never go into detail on anything but it is the reason for her spirituality and i and i guess i guess probably a big part of themes within the show and it just just been glossed over completely
1: yep and they they give us a a hit of it again in this one where she goes out to bury uh the ashes with rose and she has the flash to it again but again no biggest it's just problem with the episode was just imagery but yeah oh sorry Sorry. yeah
2: no, oh, I was gonna say the uh, sorry, the ashes in the water. I'm like, so this my only the only problem. I loved the episode, I love the season, but the part of her sister commits suicide in the ocean. I don't know why this is the only thing I couldn't get over. So she puts her so she puts her ashes back in the ocean.
1: Like, it's like, why? She's like, she's like, you wanted to be in the ocean. I'm like, I mean, I guess that's what you took from that i don't know the big thing that i kept hearing people call out like the logic police on other podcasts and stuff were just like so you mean to tell me that they find her sister out on a you know a starless night in the night country on fucking christmas eve within like 45 minutes to be able to identify her and be like hey your sister she's got like I did hear a lot of people call bullshit on that. Uh but yeah.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, but like sorry, that yeah. was the only Oh
1: sorry, I, I thought Gavin's PTSD. wheels were turning. I thought he was gonna explain it. I thought he was gonna explain uh, it. I'm, I'm trying
0: trying. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything. Except for the fact that like maybe she was like at a well-known spot and somebody saw her go in the water, maybe, but yeah, no, not on a starless night on Christmas night or Christmas Eve or whatever.
1: Guard right? just always makes a pass, like, you know, right around yeah, there. On I don't their know. game out there. Yeah. Probably got a team of one.
0: <laughs> okay. Guard, we always go out no matter what. <laughs> um, I'm trying to
1: think. We, I mean, I, I really think we're, again, we have the McKittrick scene and I love the tension of like, now we know Hawks is on her trail. So we get all of the stuff. In the police precinct, the, like, okay, the rift between father and son, they go their separate ways. She goes and gets Otis, uh, brings him back to her house. He gets high in the bathroom. Meanwhile, Navarro's on the way because it's like, hey, no, we're working this case. Kovic says to her, like, just come back. Again, we're still playing him as, like, nice guy. So I, I think I'm maybe ready to put that to bed. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm at like 20 percent, twenty percent on copy as a suspect. Just saying. So we got Navarro headed to Danvers' place. Knock on the door happens. Of course, it's actually it's actually Hank. So we know where this is going from the jump. But uh, yeah, he puts he puts down uh, Otis. Pretty, pretty quickly. I got to be honest, the way that Peter comes into the room as a response to like, there's been two gunshots is very casual, very like what's going on here. I don't know. But anyways, minor nitpick. That's because I've seen it twice. I don't know. Okay. The standoff, though. Is great and tension filled and we kind of know where it's going, but I fully was on at this point i'm like he's been kicked out of the house he's had not that he had the highest opinion of his father to begin with but whatever like opinion was left has been completely shattered at this point the trust is all gone etc he's also probably extra disillusioned by his you know surrogate mother figure and like mentor because he's now found out like oh yeah danvers like she's a good detective but she did also you know murder she you. did murder someone and cover it up and yeah it's not very it's not very true detective like although fucks is a it? lot I mean, of people yeah uh so he's got all that going and in my head I'm just like I fully expected like oh shit I just off my dad I got to go too I'm so glad he didn't and I honestly thought the episode was like done right Me there too. yeah but when we when we come back to it I was like, dude, this is shit because, he, again, Kaylee Reese, uns, unsung hero of of this episode in a lot of ways because she is playing the perfect mix at this point with all we've seen her go through, particularly in the last episode. She is playing the perfect mix of like, is she fucking crazy? or is she mainlining the secret truth of the universe right like heavy shit dude you know what i'm saying like and she's she's just nailing it when she's you know comes into danvers earlier and she's like they said night country like it's all connected like i'm I'm figuring this shit out uh but she in this moment is like no this never happened we're gonna cover it up we're going to the caves like here's the game plan and it's like, okay, we got to clean. And when Pryor's like, nah, I'm going to do it. Line read of the episode, if not this series, the the this season thus far, the way Jodie Foster, to, for me, the way Jodie Foster's like, that's your dad. I can't even replicate it. But the way yeah, she's like, so that's your dad, <laughs> I fucking chills, dude. I was just, she's so in it. And so much of what's communicated between the two of them of just like, Their own, again, personal history, the dynamics of, like, I know you basically, like, saved me. You chose me over your dad in that moment. Because Hank is essentially, like, son, help me get him outside. And I'm half in the chaos of all that. The first time I was watching it, I was like, is Pete about to pull on, on Liz? Like, I don't know. I don't fully know where his, even though they just had this big fuck you scene. There is the whole blood is blood. There is the I pulled you out of the ice when you were a kid and I kept you alive, you know. It's like, is he going to turn in that final moment? So all of that playing out again with like very little dialogue and just the – that was like some top-notch shit from Jodie Foster and the – I don't have the dude's name in front of me. I'm going to look him up because we haven't really – we've just been calling him Pete Pryor the whole whole series, so – banter guys we got two of you here come on so well no something. i'm
0: just saying it's it's it is interesting too because i am watching it you the way that it goes down it almost is almost like a knee-jerk thing it's like a you could like you tell you could tell he's never ever like drawn on someone and oh yeah i would assume he's never really been in that situation N- you know and so like you couple that with like it in in, in a way it's like you know you 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 do you kind of find out all this grimy shit about you know about uh, Hank, and it's like, what's the worst thing he could do? Oh, yeah, the worst fucking thing he could do is to force his own son to take it to kill him, you know, yeah, because it's like, okay, well, I can't shoot you because you're my kid. I already shot the drug addict that was going that I was told to bring in, and uh so now I'm just gonna like shoot your surrogate mommy, and like you're gonna have to kill me. You know? Yeah, kinda surprised that McKittrick wasn't just like,
1: yeah, you just off Danvers and make it look like an accident or something. The fact that it was like, No, just take out the connective tissue. Cause I'm like, you guys clearly you own enough that I'm pretty sure you faked whatever that like report forensics report was on whatever happened oh, to yeah. these guys. Of you cook, you know, you have enough sprawl and power to like deal with that. I think you could eliminate one police chief, like and just like just quietly. Actually, make when, her you have Especially her one on who's like side. that hated in the entire town. Uh, but yeah. One who You're,
0: just maybe, locked up her own daughter.
2: Maybe, yeah. maybe I was the maybe I was the only one who I just like the wool was completely pulled over my eyes because I mean no one knew he was dying from like moment scene one, right? But like for me because they me, gave
1: him too much to do this episode, dude. I just yeah, knew it. I was just, like, This is what they do with the prestige actor when he's gotta die this episode. <clears throat> Uh, but then look at there how was much-
2: that, there was that moment with Pete and him in the office where I thought, like, after because it was after the Kate McKitcher thing, so I was like, Listen, he's gonna choose the right thing, he's gonna choose his son. And then that fucking moment really just killed me when he did the wrong thing, <laughs> <laughs> it really, really hurt me. But dude, this the moment for me, like, one of my favorite moments the entire episode is where he knows he's about to die, right? Hank Park, he's like, He's like made peace with it, but he looks over, he's like. Just so you guys, know, like, like before the before the bullet goes through, his brain, before the what's it? The last the last was it was it in Shawshank Redemption. The last thing that passed through his head on that was, he was like. He goes. Just so you guys know, I only moved the body. It's still covering his own ass like a piece of shit. But he gave a. But he did give like a a critical piece of evidence, you know. So
1: yes, but also almost kind of a like a last fuck you to the audience
0: of just like, "Ah, wasn't me. So somebody out there.
2: Yeah, which is great. Which is great. I mean,
0: yeah, I didn't kill her. I just moved her body. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I was
2: holding my breath.
0: What? Yeah what a what a finale
1: uh def, super super tense and now we're headed now we're headed to the ice caves uh without a guide and presumably just the two of them i don't know what they're gonna find down there and i don't know who else would be pursuing them on behalf of the mining company so i don't really i mean oh, clark, is, is, clark is still out there of course yeah clark is still no, out no, there. no the other guy what, what other guy the hut the fellow with the hut to yeah he's out there oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay he's got to be all right
0: I mean I don't know I mean again I don't know where, to, what but to be clear do, to be clear they're all in the night country now yeah that's true yeah,
1: I yeah that I too. To <laughs>
2: uh
1: I mean but so I think we've all <laughs> throughout the course of this we have kind of our 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 stakes if you will of like these are the things we want settled by the end of this series. I guess the ultimate question is, do you think there's a way to not fully answer everything and still have a satisfying end to this story? Or do you feel like the closure is inherent in you enjoying the season as a whole?
2: I will say one thing that I'm okay with not being tied up. And, and only because like, I think that we've all seen that premise before and we're like, gotta yeah, you believe in God now because you know there are no atheists and foxholes, blah, blah, blah. If they never type the whole like what happened in the desert with her thing and why she's spiritual, I would say I'm gonna press the I believe button and just kind of like go forward, whatever happens. Like if there's not enough time for it, I don't I'd be I'm okay with that not being covered,
1: period. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's just terms of things I don't care about
1: But do you as far as like Danvers backstory do you think knowing definitively what happened to her like whether or not for instance she was responsible for the accident that killed her husband and son is that relevant to you at this point or do you think it's just it's enough it's enough texture that we just know that like oh she's lost someone and we see why she's so protective of the one kid she does still have. Like, for such a character-driven story it just doesn't
2: make sense not to cover it like in like we we go into these intense scenes with, between all these people and all these other episodes but we can't cover basic like um motivations like I, it, it wouldn't make sense not to but at the same time like we've also seen that story as well right like maybe we can just make a a leap you know there and just say like hey yeah probably that you know even if she's not responsible for it it's still directly responsible for the fact that, you know, she's pissed off at the world, hates God and yada, yada, yada. Like, okay, got it. I believe that. I'll press the I believe on that as well. I could go I could go either way on that one. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's you just, can't.
0: I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. You can't show me this dead baby child twice. And not have a payoff. You can't show me a lovable little, you know, oh, we're laughing and, like, we're listening to this and that. And then you can't show me the creepy hand while she's asleep and the white noise stuff. You can't show me all that and not give me some sort of, like, oh, and this is why you're seeing this. Otherwise, it's just, like, why even have it in there? If I'm not going to have any sort of revelation of, like, what this overall means to her. Because, like, I get she's lost somebody. But if the loss is not going to impact the... The overall drive is it I me, mean, if you're if, unless you're trying to tell me that like, oh yeah, she lost somebody, husband and son, and yeah, she's responsible. So like her responsibility here is why not just in general, it's why she hates or like has a bad like relationship with the native native people of this place, but also why, like they don't like her. Because she's responsible for, like, one of their own, like, prominent dudes and, like, children dying. So, like, there's a—it's like a a catch-22 for both of those. So if this whole thing of, like, we got to do this thing to solve the N E K thing, if that's supposed to be some sort of way of her being like, okay, I understand and accept my role and why my husband and son aren't here, and I understand and, like— you know, respect Leah and what she wants to do with her native roots, yada, yada, yada. And the way I can deal with it is like solving and figuring out this Annie Kay thing, which I should have done years ago, but I didn't do. So I have a debt, not just, you know, I don't, I don't know how you wrap all that in there, but I can't have all these things and then to just be like, okay, well, you don't really know, ever know what happened. You just see flashbacks and you know, they're gone. And that just needs to be enough. Yeah.
2: You know. Yeah. Like you're an outside observer rather than you know more. Yeah. 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 I. Yeah. It's like it just doesn't make sense. And I. Um. I just can't. I can't. So. So. Uh. Gavin. Like for example, do you remember? I was talking. I was talking to Noah about this, but the. uh Remember in season one where there's like there's there, everyone has backstory, but it doesn't necessarily need to be covered in a flashback. Like it, to clean that up, I feel like you only need maybe a one minute to two minute scene where Jodie Foster is just talking and like that yeah. cleans, you know, that's all I need. Right. And she's a, she's the best. So like, she'll fucking knock that out of the park. And then you'll be like, all right, cool. I'm like, I'm along for the ride now. Like, for example, I was <clears throat> like, the backstory of Remember, season one was what rust is, you know, like how is rust so good at being a fucking drug addict, you know, in that world sort of thing. It's like, he gives you a, what, a 20 second thing about, what he used to do in texas before he moved to louisiana and it's like you're like okay i'm with you like that's fine i totally track where we're going with this story now and i'm like i believe everything and so i don't think it takes a lot to like to like tie that one up like i don't need a 10 minute 15 minute sequence of like her sad life that you know went horribly awry to make that make sense so i think it's yeah
1: they're kind of leaning on the fact that like it's a small town so you just assume like oh well everybody knows everybody's personal history that's why they (laughs) never talk about it and you're just like (laughs) kind of like yeah but like you as much as i love that there's not like an outsider character that's like your audience surrogate like way into all of this stuff like there are times where you kind of want somebody to be like hey so danvers what the fuck happened with your kid like, can you uh, can you just like yeah. lay it out on the table? Like why you so Asher, sad? Like, why you so sad all the fucking time? Like, why you so shitty mean, to everybody? Why like why all so of mean that. Everyone. Yeah. Um. So yeah i I would like some i I would like some closure on that. And I think I think there's a way to do it. And again, I, I'm not trying to like, you know, reassume where we're headed with everything, but I think having her in the, the non-believer role, if you will, for so much of the season, it seems very evident that like she's going to have some sort of like cathartic experience, whether it's nightmarish or not, that connects her in some way or gives her a glimpse of the other side or gives her a moment where she feels like, oh, I actually like made a genuine connection with my kid who's not here anymore. And so what whether that's in a moment of like oh i'm trapped under the ice and
0: like you know the spirit
1: the, the love that, bear that bear i have for out. him is like
0: yeah the one i polar bear pulls me out uh no just lifts her up like he just gently comes up underneath her and lifts her back out for walk. sure
1: yeah <laughs> uh, even if on. it's something like that oh that was my son the whole time she she feels the connection or feels him there or whatever that seems like a satisfying place to leave that character but
2: I, how would you yeah. feel if i i don't know maybe it's because i'm not saying it's a cliche but it's been done in season 1 i would love like i w- it would be enough for me if she just maybe just like had the the question or the thought and not not so much like a rust has like the definitive like dude i had a near death experience and i am confident that what i saw was more real than anything i've ever experienced yeah. in this world and so like i'm gonna give you an example so i met this so i went to college with this guy who had a um he was in africa he was riding a four-wheeler and and crash and he died like three times when they were trying to revive him and i thought this was the craziest thing answer ever because i was like so did you (laughs) so of course i asked him like so did you have a near-death experience (laughs) like and uh he goes no and i was like and i was like cool i was like so what'd you walk away with that from and he goes Two things. He, like, literally had it keyed up and ready to go. He said two things. He goes, eat more cookies, have more sex. That's all he said. (laughs) That was what his walk away from. So, like, I would be, for me personally, I don't know why, because it would break the mold a little bit. I would be okay if she didn't have some sort of, like...
1: Cathartic experience. Revelation, cathartic yeah. experience. I mean, I agree with you. It would almost seem cliché, and especially for this character, it would almost feel like too much of a stretch for like, oh, she has some magic moment and now she's not a bitch anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: It would just feel like you know to her the, character. You know what we should do is at the end of it, when it's all said and done, she can have the cathartic experience, but you can play into that, like I was just saying, and she can just quietly... Walk back into her house for her, a giant bottle of whatever she's going to drink. And she just hits a button and um, twist and shout comes on by the Beatles. She can finally listen to it again. And she's like, oh, I get it. Like, it's all, it's fine. Like, we're good. I've had my moment. I'm over it now. I realize that life is, is fragile and beautiful and that maybe there is something on the other side. And that's where my husband and son will be whenever I get there but I'm not going to send myself there anytime soon. So I'm going to sit back and enjoy the things I like, which right now is, you know, getting shit-based drunk. And as a way to show that I've matured through this experience, I can listen to this song again with no problems. Right.
2: Yeah, that that feels satisfying a little bit. Like I I could definitely,
0: yeah.
1: And I mean, they paid to license Fierce Bueller already, and they already paid for the Beatles music cue, and like, you know, they whistled it, so... They might as well get a third use out of it. Go for it. Yeah. Uh okay. So those were some hopes for the finale. I hope that detective uh Tuig will, will join us next week. Is that a possibility? Yeah. Yeah, I think going can uh, do that. It's probably be right around the same time, maybe a little earlier. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, but, yeah. I was watching the Super Bowl. So we'll be back for uh part six. Any any final thoughts before we before we wrap it up? Everybody feel good?
0: Do we think that Pryor that um, gets back with his old lady and doesn't make the mistakes his father did? I think definitely. Uh, like it took murder my own dad to realize <laughs> I don't need to be my dad. You know, like that kind of thing.
1: I, I think it's probably more salvageable than it was beforehand. Not that like
0: the dad was a huge tension point. The tension point is Danvers. Like no no,
1: no, no, it's
0: not even that dude it the tension point is him he straight up told her like oh yeah oh yeah you didn't want to be you didn't want this kid and you i ruined your life and she's like bro i'm not even on that trip right now where the fuck are you coming to me with this from that coupled with i do everything this woman Mm -hmm. who's not my mom who also screwed my dad like i do everything she wants me to do and i i i pass it off as it's my job when really it's like you can say no. Like well, can. let me ask you this. Is Peter
2: Pryor really a true detective
1: who he doesn't have a horrible family life? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. like a prerequisite. For sure. All of the yeah. all the best ones do. The truest ones do. Okay. Uh so until next time, I think we can officially uh close the case file for this week. I've been Noah. I've been Gavin. I love you. You gotta do it in the voice, brother. Come on, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm having. <happy. laughs> we <laughs> we've been your detectives, and this has been Tuesday's.
0: <laughs> we've been blazing across the night country. Yeah. Happy New Year. In this one, okay.
1: Okay, I was gonna say, and then I play some music, and, then, and now we're in the. Many now we're in the after show. Yeah, okay, Evan, you'll never have fight. you have you watched any of Mr. and Mrs. Smith?
2: Okay, so I had it queued up the other night, and I was about to watch it, and I just was like, I was like, I don't know, like Donald Glover, but like. Mr. and Mrs. Smith really can't possibly be that good until I listened to your guys' last episode, and you guys were both like, dude, that shit was really, really good. Um, It was so fucking dope,
1: dude. It's it's a blast. Without spoiling anything, I will just say you're going to turn it on and you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is like maybe what I uh, was worried the show would be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay, and yeah. it is 100% like the first like 5 minutes is like almost them actively going like yeah, like this is the shit you thought we were going to make. Like we freaking think we're dumb. Like it's like a parody of the movie essentially. Oh, okay. First 5 minutes and then the actual like show starts and you're like, "Oh, okay. It's a completely different vibe, tone, everything, but it's great, dude." I I mean, all right, right, I'm. I'll check it out. I absolutely I mean, I'll, I'll loved check it. it. Out, like, I, I tore through it like two days. It was, yeah, it's a blast. It's a really have good guys, Have
2: you guys been watching uh, Tokyo Vice Season 2 at all?
1: i got to start that. Basically waiting for this to end. Waiting for True okay. Detective and Monster Spade to end so that I, I guess I'll have like three to catch up on. But yeah.
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out here. Because like, dude, I, so Season 1... I absolutely loved. I loved it. Could not wait for season two. I started watching season two, and I don't know what happened between then and now. Ansel El Eger, Ansel Elgort. Elgort. Ansel Elgort is unpalatable.
1: <laughs> oh, he was already the toughest sell for me going into it because there's like the off-screen stuff, but in general, I've just never been like huge on him. And everyone else,
2: incredible though everyone else
1: exactly dude that's where I'm just like Watanabe and is it he could literally read the fucking phone book and I'd be like oh wow (laughs) okay
2: that's just he's so good and everything and the girl who who owns the club
1: or no yeah yeah yeah. she's great um oh no Rinko Kikuchi as the the female journalist like older journalist that's kind of showing him the ropes fantastic she's like phenomenal yeah um but no, I agree. So I had problems with him in the first season, and my hope going into season 2 was like, well, maybe they'll find a way to kind of like
2: soften background,
1: his <laughs> No, just <laughs> yeah. background his character because I'm like yeah. everything else that's happening is so much more compelling, like the yakuza yeah. just make it the yakuza show of like the, yeah. the kid who's coming up through it have watanabe as the police and like i don't need the journalism aspect of it or it could just be the rinko kuchi character
2: who's the who's the actor who gets stabbed he's like the main his main yakuza contact um essentially what's what's that actor's name that kid is great i mean that guy's great too like
0: yeah dude he's yeah i don't know his name but i yeah he was my favorite part of the, of that first season mm-hmm. uh the, um, yeah. the,
1: playing sato
0: yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: show Kazamatsu. Yeah.
2: yeah. They're all, the, all those. Yeah. I, just,
1: yeah, I it's maybe, literally just, he
2: part sticks of the out. Reason is he's supposed to be unpalatable. Maybe he's because like he's a journalist and it's about, I mean, maybe he's supposed to be a pain in the ass. I yeah. don't
1: know. I mean, that was, that was the thing that it's not like it held it back for me, but it's just like, oh, yeah, there's like a solid 25% of the show that's just like not firing on all cylinders, but anytime they're not directly dealing with just scenes with him i'm like fully engaged so I, I i look forward to season two and we're just uh i mean to preview things we gavin and i've talked about this off mic but after we wrap these it's going to be perfect timing to like roll into tokyo by season two and also shogun which is coming yeah, that. have you seen trailers for that There's a lot of trailers for that Yeah. yes which is getting really really strong early buzz so We're gonna do those and maybe mix in some like classic pairings of either like classic Japanese samurai movies or more modern like yakuza crime film sort of things to pair with Tokyo Vice and uh, and Shogun. So that's the that's the game plan for I guess most of March.
2: Awesome, dude. Yeah, I need some listening. I got there's another bathroom to take down. So,
1: (laughs) oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we appreciate your listenership, and we we appreciate
0: you guesting. Yeah, um, man, this was fun.
2: for having me It was fun.
0: Yeah. More uh, than we can say about Brendan. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Oh God, Gavin. <laughs> bee- oh, Evan, did you watch the beekeeper? Okay, did you see my
2: text there saying, today? Yeah, 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 I yeah, saw you said, so, yeah, your yeah, So, your dad loved Noah, it. <laughs> Noah, Noah's telling me about how fucking bad the beekeeper is, right? Oh my and, God. and my, and I, let, I signed myself into my Amazon Prime account like eight months ago, and my dad's been watching whatever shit he's been watching on there, and it just, he doesn't know that it's not his, right? And so, he orders a movie, a movie today with, <laughs> with not, it's not just him, it's him. It's my brother and my brother's wife and his and my, and my dad's wife. And and like, it's, they're all watching and they rent, they decide we're going to watch the beekeeper. So oh they rent Why the beekeeper. My dad calls me. He's like, Hey, just so you know, didn't realize I spent $20 on your prime account or whatever it was. And he's like, and he's like, I, you have 20. He says, you he literally says you have 24 hours to watch the beekeeper. And dude, I fucking started dying laughing. And I was like, the beekeeper. I was like, I just got off the phone. with No, he told me that was the worst trash he'd seen in like ages. And my Literally dad was
1: like, one of the worst movies I've ever through <laughs>
2: My dad, my dad, and my my dad's. I feel like his. He has decent taste most of the time. Some some old man tastes, but you know, he was just like he's like. Actually, we thought it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad? He goes best part of the whole movies, the beekeepers tell these navy seals he goes you navy seals are pussies and i was like dad that's the best part of the movie i was like i don't know i just it told me everything i needed to know about this movie which i am going to watch within the next 24 hours by the way.
1: yeah dude, you mean, got to now i've <laughs> had i've had more fun talking about how bad it is than like actually watching it like it's not even like that fun bad but once you have seen it you and I will be able to have like many laughs, so I encourage everyone to watch The Beekeeper, one of the worst movies of the year so far.
0: Well, I mean, we're only in dude, we're only in Slurring February, February.
1: right now. It is it is, it is dire straits out here in 2024, have... trying to go, trying to have a theatrical movie going experience. I saw ISS, <laughs> I saw fucking The Beekeeper. It's it's rough, man. It's really, really you know, rough. But out here. it
2: all turns around on March first, and March first, it all turns around. Doom Part Two comes the out. Spice will flow. <laughs> Baron Harkonnen just being a <laughs> <laughs> awesome, dude. It's gonna be great. Oh, I've seen man. that fucking. Okay, I've seen part. One. We're gonna to,
1: we're gonna be talking about Fade Ralpha for the next couple months. Hope everybody's okay. Talk about Fade Ralpha. <laughs>
2: What's who's it? Austin Butler? Is that That's the guy? That's Austin that, Butler. They're, they're <laughs> yeah.
1: okay, okay. Formerly Sting. Uh, Thank yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can't fucking wait, dude. I'm, I want to
2: see somebody ride a worm, dude. You know.
1: Just... <laughs> they could have given it to us in part one. I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, pr- prior to that, though, like, I'm just praying for Ethan Cohen to show up and like save save movies at the end of February because Driveway Dolls driving? looks incredible. Yeah, uh, that's his his first solo effort.
2: Have you guys seen American Fiction yet? I, I have not. Yes,
1: yes, I did. Is it
2: fucking awesome or what?
1: It is. It's great. Very okay. funny okay. movie. Waiting very, for it. Very well
2: Five dollars on Prime or whatever it is.
1: But no, definitely, definitely worth your time. Great shit. Same to you, brother. I know you're gonna watch it at some point. Yeah, at some point. I have some downtime in a couple weeks. I mean, it
2: was Gavin. Yeah, not... Oh, sorry. Oh no, Gavin. Yeah, one, I've been wanting to tell you. Um when you guys did your top what your top ten movies of the year or whatever and uh-huh. you know, so Transformer. I I was when I was telling Noah recently, I was like, dude, it's pretty fucking good, dude. <laughs> I went, I, went so I, just, like, I was like, I went and saw that with Sam and, and I was like you know, I was like, I just wanna fucking see an action movie today. Yeah, and, dude. And we went and sat there, and and what I loved about it was just so much more simple than any of the other ones. And I was like, God, this is great. Uh, we had a great time. I, I yeah. It. So,
0: yeah, it yeah, was like, good. Totally less, it. It. less lore,
1: more Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, more Beast Wars. It's
0: great. And I mean, if you got to put Pete Davidson in there, that's fine. I'm all right with that. And he was you fun. Know. It was good. Yeah. So, <laughs> still haven't watched it yet, guys. I need to oh dude you know the shitty thing was is i went and watched it in theaters and like i logged two days later i'm like oh well here it is and <laughs> the then Noah's raving about boring. yeah Noah's raving about like oh dude you gotta watch this this new turtles movie and i'm like i right i'll i'll see and then it's like it's not in theaters and then Turn on Paramount. I'm like, oh, it's right here. I'm watching this shit tonight. And I was like, it dude, you right yeah. away by
1: the, And you're like, dude, this is the best shit I've seen. All the year. new turtles. Yeah, I don't know if you watch the new turtles, dude. Oh
2: my god, I've I've been waiting, dude. I I had a huge affinity for it when I was growing up, and I just,
1: yeah, I need this, to. It's the best iteration it yeah. could possibly be, dude. It fucking like just rocks push together, so
0: hard. push together the cartoons with the like the live action hints and movies, and. Maybe a dash of the like oh seven dude, one cartoon and then like forget all about the Michael yeah, Bay ones. But at, be no, great. at no point in Turtles history
1: have I ever been like, dude, these turtles fucking like care about these guys. <laughs> yeah. And this is the first movie. This is what Gavin and I talked about. This is why it says number sure. one, where it's like, dude, yeah, all of a sudden, like they're getting like genuine, like thoughtful emotions out of these characters and i'm like how the fuck did they do that with the teenage mutant ninja turtles but it's they did big it. game and voice actor magic track one, right?
2: like it's pretty big name voice actors in this one right dude, if I remember it. yes yeah
1: dude jackie Chan and the turtles and are Cube kids are that's why we get that reaction like top tier but all yeah all the turtles are like age-appropriate teenage kids and they literally had them record in the same room together and just banter and shit. So it feels so like organic instead of like, yeah, we wrote these specific lines. It's like, no, it feels like a bunch of kids, like being kids. It's fucking dope, dude. So good.
2: All right. Yeah. I, I, that's enough for Tim to sell me on it. Yeah, it was funny. So you, you guys are talking about boy in the hair. And I recently, I was like, dude, I'm going to go through, I'm going to watch all of them again before I watch it. I watched like princess Mononoke. I'm like, this shit is still good. And, uh, it was still great, excuse me. But I was talking to Sam. I was talking to Sam the other night. And she like, well, what should we watch? And I was about to float boy in the head. But I think about two to three minutes prior to that, I don't know what came up in conversation, but something about anime. <laughs> Her words were, fucking hate anime. And I was like, <laughs> I, said, I said, this is going to be... A really tough sell. <laughs> so I'm just not even gonna try. I'm gonna wait till she's out, and I'm watching Isabella by myself, and I'm gonna watch that the two of us. I was
1: gonna say, like, if you're trying to like ease her in, honestly, like, my neighbor Totoro or oh, yeah, ponyo sure. are like the go-to, Spirited away. Spirit and Spirited Way. Away, I would say, are like the these kind of like transcend. Even people who hate this shit are kind of like, ah, okay. oh, can't like can't deny this. Dude, for me, Have you gone back through all of them now?
2: No, and haven't you just, just
1: what? I don't know. If, have you ever watched Porco Rosso?
2: No, or Howl's Moving
1: Castle. I've Dude, watched that. A, a fly, a flying pig in like in Italy, like post World War II, I think, or maybe it's post World War One, pre World War Two. Yeah, Uh incredible. Yeah, I I
0: mean, yeah. Have either of you seen the video? I don't know how old it was, but there was this video I saw the other day, and it's these two, like, engineering guys, and they're, like, they did something with AI, and whatever, like, animation it made, they're showing it to him, and he's, like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen.
1: Oh, yeah. What the hell is it? Yeah.
0: It's dude, from a documentary.
1: The they come in and show yeah. him like 3D animation for the first time. And he's basically like, This is against nature. <laughs> like, this shit yeah. exists, this shit, Essentially, yes. yeah. What
0: are you what are you trying to do? It's like, we want to make a machine that draws the way humans do. And he's like, You're fucking full of Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of my sight. But the no soul. cut, it, Dude, the cut, it. the cut of like him speaking, and they turn the camera to the left to the two guys that he's talking to, and for them to not just Burn, just burst in the flames. I was like,
1: how, "Oh, but it's literally like you... their souls are slowly like seeping like, out yes. of their body." Just like, <laughs> really, so just...
2: are these the kind of engine? Like, are these guys like they're basically they they're artists essentially, or they like they they do some of this stuff for film?
1: Yeah, there's a, there were 3D animators basically trying yeah. to sell Ghibli. Like, oh, okay. here's here's like what we <clears> could <throat> do. Like, here's some things we could do as a project. And Ghibli has released one 3D one done by his son. Right. Uzaki, who is hmm. basically like a lot of people see as you know a uh, i guess what they refer to as a fail son
0: <laughs> yeah. like
1: a like a logan roy if you
0: will right i guess yeah. you can't call not it a logan I, you, roy
1: you can, a kendall roy excuse you me you boy, can't yeah. you, i
2: guess you can't call it the uncanny valley isn't that right the uncanny valley where something looks close to human but not quite human yeah. right and stuff, but like but like i think if there was like whatever animation that was made by something that wasn't a human there would just be something i i have to imagine i mean i could be completely fucking wrong about this but i'm gonna make the leap to say that like maybe it just doesn't quite it doesn't actually make the leap there's no there's no way for it ever to because it couldn't understand sort of thing yeah his shit has soul everything he does has like a you know big heart and that's why it's so
1: fucking good yeah, yeah. definitely on yeah. uh so hbo max has like all of them essentially um But they also have two documentaries, one of which is the kingdoms of uh, in the kingdom of dreams and madness, which is about the making of uh, The Wind Rises, Mm -hmm. which was his last one for the longest time before he made Boy in the Heron. But you should definitely watch that if you want like more. Dude, he's one of those. It's just like every like everything that comes out of his mouth. You're kind of like write that down. That's like (laughs) a perfect quote about like life and humanity and everything. And he's just like throwing the shit away. You gotta watch that
0: for sure. Dude, all right. The One problem. I'm gonna ask you about knowing yeah. that I'm gonna go. Okay. <laughs> you probably haven't seen it, but I think you should just because it's beautiful to me. Have you seen anything? I don't know why they put it out now, they could have waited a year, about the um it's a Netflix talk about We Are the World, like the whole like Yeah, the greatest that, night and pop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you watch that? Of course. So can I just get your thoughts? Because the entire time I watched it towards the end. I'm looking at just how uncomfortable Bob Dylan looks. And I'm just oh, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. fucking oh, guy. Oh, it's like my but favorite the beauty, section of the documentary. Yeah. Great. But the beauty of him, like, Stevie, can you just play it for me once? And he gets him to do it on the piano. And then well, he the just. thing
1: where they highlight yeah. it's just like,
0: because that footage has existed forever.
1: And he always just looked at everybody, was constantly just like, dude, is he just like beyond blitzed on cocaine or booze or what Mm -hmm. but this isn't his like new you know like born again christian phase this is post motorcycle accident so so no with what you're seeing and what they actually illuminate in the documentary is like he knows he he is is. so fucking uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. he is surrounded by all of these like larger than life singers like capital S singers right and he feels embarrassed because he's like I can't sing meanwhile everybody else is like that's fucking Bob Dylan like of course he should be a part of this but yeah, dude, so adorable. And he's just like, he <laughs> can't get there. And eventually they have to, have you seen this doc, dude? No, but I'm going to watch it's it It's so dude, good. You should. So, it is so eventually good. Eventually they just, they have, they clear like the whole room for him. And he, he asks Stevie Wonder who he's literally known since they were both children. So they're both <laughs> like 15 years old to come in and play so that he can get in the groove just to record his part, like independent of everything. And yeah, no, it's one of like the coolest moments I've, dude. The footage they had was insane. Dude. I could not believe how yeah. So it's it's just the the one night where they recorded the We Are the World video and they only had one night to do it, sort of thing. Is that
2: Netflix? You said Netflix yeah. on that? Uh, it's yeah, called okay. the
1: Greatest Night in Pop. Super fun. While you're also on Netflix, this will be my last plug. Um I don't know if Isabella is like watching much at all, but if you want some like bright colors and something that you can enjoy, Orion and the Dark.
2: Oh, I saw your review of that. Based
1: based on a kid's movie? Did did you see who wrote it? No. Okay. It's an adaptation of a famous kid's book written by Charlie Kaufman. (laughs) (laughs) Not the book, book, but the adaptation is done by Charlie Kaufman. Is it super dark? No, it is. It is (laughs) like essentially, like, baby Kaufman. It is, like, all, you know, neurosis and anxiety and, like, all the themes of all of his shit, but in a way that's, like, approachable for for younger kids. But Mm -hmm. it's about a kid who's afraid of the dark and afraid of pretty much everything. And Dark, played by Paul Walter Hauser, comes to to make him less afraid and takes him on a a journey over the course of one night and he meets all these other nighttime entities and it's It's a blast dude but yeah, yeah it is yeah. charlie kaufman like for my, sure my, you will love it. Only the jokes are incredible
2: for, for Gavin, before i forget to tell him this in the future um it is called um hey bear sensory sensory uh sensory experience sensory whatever it is it's fruit b- bouncing around a black screen and babies can't take their eyes off of it so if, if you ever <laughs> if you ever need like and the the music is actually like it's like lo-fi it bounces hmm. between lo-fi and like sometimes kind of like a. it's stuck in my head all the time and it, i when i like if uh, well, i don't want isabel to be a screen kid you know but like at the same time like if i need a second and i need her to focus on something other than me I'll throw this shit on the big screen and she'll just watch these little fruits bouncing around the screen. But it's really good lo-fi in the background.
0: Like you're cooking or something. Oh, yeah.
2: Anyway, K-Bear is what it's called.
0: So. I just, I just thought of this because of this meme mm-hmm. and I thought how it doesn't apply to you. or not meme, just real. And I'll, I'll I'm going to leave you guys with this. I saw this real and this guy's like, sometimes when my kids have uh, they you know, they're cranky or whatever, I'll, uh, I'll switch the, language on the tv to spanish and when they don't understand i'm like oh no maybe you're (laughs) tired you need to lay down and then when they wake up i change it back to english and i thought like that'd be a great trick but but it's like well wait a minute no he can't do that because his daughter's gonna know spanish and he's gonna be the
2: opposite (laughs) english is gonna be the
0: (laughs) yeah it's just yeah you it's know,
2: really
0: do Yeah, just be like, okay. you know, change it to English. You'd be like, what's this? Oh, no. Maybe you're tired. You should just lay down for a little <laughs> bit.
2: That's great.